Hello, welcome to the Cunning Plan podcast. Uh, it's been a little while since we did one of these, but uh, we're back again now and hopefully we're going to be uh, doing them on a bit more of a regular basis. Um, you join us on a, a rather sombre a sombre Thursday morning um, last night. Um, football didn't come home, did it, Joe? It, no, it didn't. It, it stayed uh, away. It sent us a letter saying, uh, we like it here and we're going to stay away for at least four more years. So, um, yeah. So it's a bit, we're a bit sad. We were hoping that it was going to be pretty high energy, pretty enthusiastic. Yeah. If we had filmed it last night, I think we would have probably had a different attitude. But today we're feeling a little bit, a little bit mopey. <laughs> and I don't even really like football, but I got sucked in, sucked exactly. in by the excitement. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. But I think, do you know what, Joe? That's a great way of linking to what we're going to talk about today, which is, I think... Um, what got me excited about the World Cup and everything about it was all the mad social media buzz, memes are the thing that get me going. Like I was, absolutely, yeah. I was lured in. I was lured in by all the uh, by all the memes, and um, I think a lot of people were. A lot of people who didn't definitely didn't care about football two weeks ago. Exactly. Were like well into it. No, exactly. Fair um, with the fans. You must love them. Nothing better. And a, some classic memes coming back from the uh, from the from the dead as well. There's always time for the classic memes. Hitler in his bunker, that's always a classic one. The mistranslation of that, that's always a classic. It's absolutely <laughs> uh, key that the Cunning Plan podcast features at least one uh, still image of Hitler during each episode. Absolutely. So it wouldn't be a podcast without it. Thanks for bringing that uh, to our <laughs> attention, Joe. Appreciate it's a that. classic. So today we're talking about social media. Um, we talk about this quite a bit, but Joe went to the uh, big social media conference uh, last week. Um, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about from that so we thought let's do a little uh, a little deep dive into uh, some of the things that were uh, that were chatted about tell us a bit about the, the <coughs> conference as a whole Joe yeah no it was a, it was a really good day it was uh, wall to wall talks from some really interesting bods you've got guys who do VR and AR you've got guys who run their own agencies you know and they're only you know pretty young guys so obviously that's quite quite interesting to see how these guys built their companies from scratch and the ideas they've got that help build those companies to where they are. Um, you've got people who work with Facebook and YouTube who were giving out, you know, little little knowledge bombs, which was always quite quite useful, but primarily everyone was just trying to give you little hints and tips for the future, trying to help guide where everyone in the audience was looking for the next, not necessarily the next trend, but more so what you should be looking to try and do with your content, with the way you manage your ads, with the way advertising is going, um, especially on the back of obviously the whole Facebook data breach a few months ago, there's a lot of chat about where that's where that's heading and where businesses should be looking to do their advertising. So it was a it was a full suite of uh, social media sort of do's and don'ts and future sort of aspects as well. So yeah, no, it, was in the, um, it was even on the telly last night. There was an there was an advert for Facebook, which I haven't seen an advert for Facebook for a very long time. Yeah, They're really like <clears throat> going pretty hard to combat the uh, the negativity that's out there at the yeah. moment for them. No, that's what that is what a lot of people are saying. That Facebook are really trying hard to do the whole we protect your data chat. Yeah, there was like, the advert yesterday. Was that advert? There was. Theme. Um, on the tube, I've seen like fake news is not our friend. Is another yeah. another one. So they're obviously they're obviously well aware of the fact that this mm. is a pretty serious problem that they uh, that they're facing. It's, it is a big concern, and it's certainly something that came up uh, with one of the speakers. And it's uh, it's interesting how that will shape the, the sort of coming years because there's definitely <clears throat> yeah there's definitely uh, 
repercussions coming from the back of what obviously the data breach, Cambridge Analytica and all the buzzwords we've heard the last few months. So um, yeah, that's some, some interesting interesting little bits and pieces learned, I think. Okay, cool. Right, well, let's start with let's start with the future, a general sort of look at what's, uh, what's coming up. How far in the future are we talking? Are we talking, you know, five years in the future or are we talking, you know, next month? So the speaker was talking really in the immediate year. So looking towards, at best, the sort of end of 2019, beginning of 2020. But he's, he's been looking into it and he was talking about how Facebook are very much now, they're going to get dealt with a lot of legal sort of ramifications from the data breach and regulations are inevitable now that they're going to they're gonna come in. The gov- all governments from around the world, especially the US, are going to come in regulations with how they handle data, how they communicate with that data, how they use it, how they share it. And I'm sure you've seen what Facebook ads we were just talking about. Facebook are really keen to ensure that people now have control of that data, but they can't escape the fact that a mistake has now been made. So the regulations will be coming. You can't avoid that. So, so what does that mean for you know for us when we're creating our content or we're you know we're running managing our Facebook page? What what, how, what do you think that impact's going to be? Well, that that was an interesting thing he was talking about. He was saying that that advertising will become less public as people move on to smaller, well, more private platforms, Facebook Messenger, but more so WhatsApp and Instagram that are slightly less uh, sort of public facing. You can, Instagram profiles are, can be a lot more private than Facebook profiles. Um, but he was saying that advertising will now, you'll start to see it move away from the public Facebook domain onto the Messenger and WhatsApp. That's right. It'll be a lot more effective that way because people are becoming less trusting of Facebook as a public domain. So they'll move into private conversations with friends, like you see on WhatsApp. Everyone's got WhatsApp groups, big WhatsApp groups, you know, friends and family. So people will now move, try to start moving their advertising onto WhatsApp. People will start becoming less trusting of big brands as well. I think brands, you know, they were involved in this data breach as well. They've been collecting a lot of data. I don't want to say the term GDPR, but I'll say that one time. That's come in. That's something people have now got to focus on. But the point of GDPR was, was it's, I think it made people sit up and think about how much data they've been sharing with companies. Yeah. So I think they're now becoming hyper aware I think that's the thing that. is, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, that's the funny thing about GDPR is that everyone, oh, you know, got a million emails at the end of May saying, oh, you know, GDPR this, GDPR that. Yeah. Nobody really understands it. There's still no, there's still no case law. There's still no kind of, you know, and really there's not going to be until somebody falls down of it. But I think it's, it's created this, different mindset in people and companies mm. as well to some extent where people you know customers and users are now thinking about what data do I share with you know with the people I engage with no exactly and it's the data you share with shopping websites so it's your preferences of what products you buy mm. your email address your home address things like that it's it's people suddenly realizing that they have shared data that and because of the data breach with Facebook they don't feel as confident as I think they did previously that it is as well protected as, as they had assumed um, so he was certainly sort of saying that regulation is incoming and that advertising will start to move to a more private sort of messaging platform rather than it being so public. We'll see, but it's certainly it's certainly going to be, I think, an interesting time next couple of years for change in terms of how we communicate advertising and pushing sort of clients on a public domain to private messages, basically. Hmm. So... so, so Tell me a bit about how advertising works on something like WhatsApp or Messenger. 
So it's an interesting one. We haven't, you know, it's it's still quite new. I think WhatsApp, since it's since it was purchased by Facebook, which is obviously the interesting thing that Facebook really does control the strings here. Um, this is the irony, isn't it? That people go, oh, we're getting away from Facebook and going over to Instagram because that seems a bit more secure. But it's like yeah. they all own it all. Facebook control a lot of the social media platforms. So that's obviously a very interesting aspect. As much of the regulations will come in, you turn to Instagram, owned by Facebook. You turn to WhatsApp, owned by Facebook. So inevitably, whichever way you turn, Facebook will still hold the same power over you and the ads that you see. But in terms of the advertising on WhatsApp, for instance, it's similar to Facebook messaging. It is reliant on bots and it's reliant on people, you know, people not, you've got to trust on WhatsApp that people are not uh, overly private on it. I think people are quite open to receiving messages on WhatsApp because they believe it's a more private platform. Just because it's a messenger, it's not got sort of a news feed, it's not mm. got a profile. Um, so setting up bots and, and driving that kind of advertising through, I suppose, a sort of AI, really, sort of trying to, trying to get people to sort of chat to an advertiser through that message. Um, I think it's probably going to be the way it's been, but it's very young. It's in the in the early stages. WhatsApp is a is a messenger platform. It's not heavily advertised as of yet. I think a few brands have done have done some sort of uh, live event themed advertising, Super Bowls and, and World Cup stuff, but nothing on the scale. I think we're going to see because once Facebook newsfeed becomes a more, it already is a very competitive place, but I think when it becomes a slightly more sort of uh, regulated place, I think that's when WhatsApp advertising will suddenly become a bit more of a focused and uh, diverse place. So how, how are people using that? In a, you know, are there more interesting ways or are they sort of talking about different ways in which people could use those kind of ads? So I think it was really interesting. One of the speakers uh, was a specialist in email marketing. Okay. But he came to talk about Facebook Messenger advertising because he sees that as the sort of future for email marketers because okay. it is the same sort of rough idea in terms of sending a message someone needs to open but he was saying that the open rates I mean I've got the stats actually on my screen here the open rates for email average is 30% open rate you click through rates 3% Facebook Messenger open rate is 84% wow and the click through rate is a massive 28% which is a huge a huge disparity and he was just saying that the the more you know, he was saying it was really interesting. The, the sort of interface of someone's messenger inbox is always very clean, mm. always very ordered, and very rarely is there anything unopened. But if you click on your email inbox, yeah, thousands, you've got thousands loads of stuff. You've got there, junk yeah. box, you've got ignored emails, you've got important yeah. people, you've got regular emails. He was saying that the clarity you get on Facebook Messenger, as soon as you send a message, people see it, boom, right at the top. Little for email. now, until well, for, <laughs> yeah, for now, exactly. No, that's how it is for now. He's saying jump on it now while it's still a sort of fairly new beast because you're saying email marketing is becoming that thing where people will open it if they see it and they're interested but there's a high opportunity that it just bounces because they see it and they don't open it yeah. whereas on the messenger it's top of the list and people love getting that little notification on Facebook it's still that little that little buzz you get and then he was saying that with Facebook messenger marketing it is manipulating that mm. so what's the future looking like for our uh, our organic um Social uh, social content. Well, that's that was probably my favourite part of the of the talk. Was uh, this chap said uh, organic organic content will be dead 
in 2019. Super, super, that's good news. He did, to be fair to him, he did say <clears throat> he made a similar statement in uh, 2017, about 2018, but he said you can already see it in the trends, organic con- the content and reach is really struggling at the moment. You're very rare without a paid advertising mechanism. It's very rare that you're going to see your reach do much at all at the moment. You're going to, if you've got a good solid audience and an engaged audience, you've done really well. You've built a great audience and you should see some de- decent reach. But with the way Facebook's going, with the way advertising is going, it's such a competitive market that Facebook are really, really making sure that if you don't have a paid sort of advertising budget or strategy, you're struggling. Yeah. And so, just to be clear, you're not saying that it's the content that's going to go away. It's the uh, ability for the content to really do anything without putting some money behind it. This is it. He was encouraging everyone to at least have, even if it was, you know, not much money at all, just at least have some form of paid media strategy because you just won't get anywhere. Facebook will see the organic content, but they won't be encouraging its push through its algorithm. They will make sure that it is bottom of the pile compared to someone who's put even a fiver against a small advert. They will make sure that advert performs better and gets to more people than your own organic content. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's not sort of it's not super surprising news, is it? Like no. we've been, you know, we haven't we haven't run an account now without a budget, without an ad budget Absolutely, attached yeah. to it for a really long time. So we know that really to have any chance of succeeding, you need to spend some money on uh, exactly spend some money on ads. Maybe it will start to kind of make people think a bit more carefully about the amount of content you know I think mm. in previous years it's been all about just like you need you know five or six tweets a day you need a couple of Facebook posts a day you need to do your Instagram you've got to do your crunches you've got to get you know all exactly. this volume of stuff and then eventually some of it will stick whereas perhaps if you've got you know certainly you know, we've seen it when you've got mm. a, a limited amount of money to spend you're going to pick those posts that are going to do something Absolutely. Whatever you're talking, yeah. whether it's growing engagement, whether it's getting more you know likes or more people on the page, or whether it's ultimately traffic conversion, that kind of stuff, you're going to pick those posts that are going to be a bit more surgical, I suppose, about the way that you pick out exactly. what you're going to boost and things. And maybe it will help bring down the, just the massive volume of content there is on the uh, you know on the social yeah. platforms. I think everyone has felt the. I think everyone you know, marketing managers down to the down to the execs have felt a pressure to always be <clears throat> part of a conversation, even if they're not quite sure what that conversation is, they sort of feel they should be posting just to make sure there's something going up daily. But profile visits on Facebook are down, so the content you're seeing is on your newsfeed. You're not going to a profile to check every day. And then the content that you normally will see will be a boosted post anyway. You might not know it is because people are getting better at hiding that, but you're gonna see the boosted content and you're probably going to see one or two posts a day that you're interested in. So the pressure of posting daily is becoming less and less. It's all about, you know, a buzzword a bit, but that that pillar content that we've talked about before, making sure that that really informs the content that you're creating and that it can kind of feed off that main bit of content. You don't really need to be creating, as you were saying, like five, six tweets a day because really and truly, it's better to create one piece of engagement content than just throw a load of stuff out there and hope one of them sticks mm. it's better to be more sort of thoughtful with it now I think okay so, cool what else have we got for the uh, for the future to look forward to a lot a lot <laughs> but I think I think the interesting thing about the future was he was saying a lot about the creativity of throwaway content 
he, I know we've just said that people don't need to create as many posts, but there is also a huge now domain for people to be creative. Mm. Uh, we've seen the memes of the World Cup. People, people from anywhere, you know, people with no experience in this kind of stuff have been able to create memes, GIFs, everything like that, and see them go a little bit viral. I yeah. think a lot of people. It used to be the purview only of, you know, if you, you need to be a designer to be able to pull something like that together. Exactly. Whereas now it's not, you know, there are innumerable video platforms and things, you know, you know, free services where you can chuck up a bit of footage that you can find from somewhere, stick a bit of text over it, and there you go, you've got yourself, you know, Exactly. Exactly. I think he was he was really encouraging everyone to be far more sort of open to. He said making mistakes, and I think what he he what he means with that is creating content, putting it out there, being creative with it, and just backing backing sort of what you're creating to do well. And mm. if it doesn't do well, that just informs the future content you're creating. There's nothing bad about doing that. He was yeah. saying people creating. People creating all these types of mini videos to everything to everything you see in the memes and the, and the gifs. Everyone can do it now. Mm. So he said, "Give it a go in house. Don't rely on Giphy. Don't rely on big hubs like that to just to just wheel out the same old stuff. Try giving it a go in house. Try doing something a little bit different, and do it now when people are still getting used to trying to do it in house. Try and get ahead of that trend." So he said, "You're going to see a lot more of that sort of creativity." from individuals and, and smaller brands willing to just stick their neck out a little bit and just try something new. I think that's the be- and that is the beauty of social platforms. It's not like doing a print ad or a mm. brochure or something. You've got like create this thing and it's there for a year or you know, that might be yeah. your only chance at it. You're gonna chuck that out this week and if it works you'll know immediately if it worked and if it didn't well no one's going to care next week exactly so as long as you don't say anything super offensive you're uh, you know you're, you're going to be fine so exactly. it's worth it is absolutely worth just trying stuff out and seeing what seeing what delivers exactly and I think I think people have, have previously been nervous they've got they set themselves targets they want to try and hit those targets but I think now it's it's more about can you create a piece of content that's really sort of Sort of hit hit that kind of perfect stream where everyone's sort of involved with it, commenting on it, it's getting shared, and you'd rather have one of those a month than just keep churning yeah, out stuff. Yeah, twenty sort of standard, yeah, you know, twenty standard stuff. Type, because basically. when you get something that's really popular, the brand messaging is getting out, the brand awareness, you know, you're hitting a lot of goals. Whereas the standard kind of stuff's probably only reaching your own audience and a bit beyond. So I think it's it's certainly something to be encouraged. Well, just a final thing on, on the future of, of social is, is, as I've said before, the brands are now, are now sort of slightly backtracking a little bit with the regulations that are coming in and people now being slightly more discerning. And I think they're going to really start to, obviously influencer marketing has been around for a few years now, but they're going to really, really hammer down on, on individuals becoming the brand and not the brand becoming okay. the voice. So obviously a lot of brands will now try and talk like people. I think um, there's some very va- famous examples of it. I think uh, certainly Virgin Media, Tesco Mobile, places like that, they, they, they communicate like people. But I think you're going to see a future of brands relying on people to do their talking rather than the brand speaking to you directly. I think they feel the trend has now become people are less trusting of the big brands, so they're not going to try and advertise directly to you. I think they're going to try and use influencers and sort of hide behind those people a little bit more to sort of push the brand message, push the advertising. So I think that would be another trend we see as the brands start to sort of just dial it in a little bit. I'm sure the big brands won't stop, but I think the smaller ones will start to use people or right. use their own brand sort of face to communicate their advertising. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, so we're gonna you know we're just gonna be spending more time 
growing, and presumably that means the number of influencers is going to mm. grow as well, and the number, you know, kind of the number of options that you've got there with different different types yeah. of people that cover different types of topics and, and everything like that. And I think again, the, the, you know, we were talking before the start about regulation and stuff like that, and that yeah. that's clearly that's already there for influencers as well, where they're going to they will need to report mm. where their you know money's coming from and which posts are being paid for and all that kind of stuff. So. Ultimately, I guess the, you know, for marketers, it becomes a bit more challenging to uh, to sneak stuff through. But Absolutely. for um, but for the consumer, it becomes a bit more transparent, and people can have a better understanding of when a brand is speaking to you through somebody else, or you know, exactly. when a brand is using your data or using your information. Where do you stand on things like that? on um, personalised advertising and you know, and content that's designed around your interests and stuff like that? I think mining your, you know, it's, an, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think it depends. For me, it's, it very much depends on the brand. I think it depends on if it's a huge, you know, multinational company trying to talk on a personal level to you. I always find that a little bit unnerving because they're a huge brand. They're across many, many countries, and therefore, how are they sharing that data, and how do they, how do they store it? But then there's other, other, other brands that that will occasionally sort of see what my, especially in email marketing, we've, I think we've seen that kind of trend for more personalized emails. Mm. I don't mind that so much because when you are online shopping, you only really want to see emails about what you're interested in. And that's that for me is fine. If they send me, you know, things to do with my football team, things to do with men's fashion, things like that, I'm quite happy to receive that. I'd much rather receive that than just a broad, mm. we've got a sale on, isn't it great, than we've got a sale on in a specific area but it's interesting when you get social media advertising slightly more targeted I think I'm still getting used to that I think people are starting to get into it but it's still slightly odd getting an advert that is something you might be interested in and you are interested in it but you weren't aware that you'd ever clicked or engaged with it but it is personalised to that extent and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because it shows how how you don't want to receive rubbish in your newsfeed and the newsfeed is getting slowly better with what mm. you're seeing and you can't hide from advertising I think if you just accept that that's what you're going to see and if what you're going to see is more personalised I think that's great I think if, if AI learning and algorithms can learn what you want to see then that's you've got to sort of accept that you're going to see it and if you're going to see stuff that you want to be interested in I don't really mind it so much just it's when it starts getting to calling you by your first name and that's when it starts to get a little bit weird yeah. I think that's it's one of those isn't it where when <coughs> think about it like just a normal like a person in the street yeah. if a stranger walks up to you and goes hi Joe you'd be exactly. like hang on a sec I never told you my name I don't know how you know weird. my name this is yeah. a bit strange <laughs> but if a friend walks up to you and goes hi Joe you know have you seen this thing that I think you might be interested in you'd be like oh interesting yeah tell exactly. me something about it and I think that's that's the distinction for me. That's it. That's still. I think that's still the issue. Advertisers have still got to try and finesse. But as you know, you and I are both. In, you know, enjoy our technological technological advancements. Uh, I think when you get personalised advertising, it's just cool. It's just interesting to see how people are, are developing it, especially when you you are interacting with brands you had never heard of but look really interesting. So they they have tracked what you're interested in. They know what target with. I think that's. That's a really cool aspect of, of the learning that the, the AI can do on these social media platforms. I think it's 
it's not something to be as scared of as people often say it should be. I think it's simply just you know a bit of um, machine learning, mm. if you will, and that's. Uh, as long as you're seeing what you want to see, it's all it's all good to me. I think. Cool. All right. Very good. Very good. So that covers off the future. That comes off. Well, the you know, a brief a brief yeah. overview of the yeah. future. Um, what were the other some of the other topics that you covered at the uh, at the conference? Well, I think having touched on Facebook Messenger, um, I think that is as we were saying, private messaging. If that is the future, then Facebook Messenger advertising is going to be the future as well. And as we were saying, the statistics are really in its favor at the moment, especially if you are, if you already do email marketing and you haven't dipped your toe into social, I would look at doing email, uh, uh, Facebook Messenger marketing as it is, it is quite closely aligned. You've got your open rates, your click-through rates, your messages can be roughly laid out the same. But for me, my favorite bit, as we were talking about sort of AI, it's not strictly AI, but it's the popularity now of creating and using bots which we used to hate bots were always the bane of your life because they were just sort of nonsensical rubbish that would try and talk to you and just say hey there they and can still be pretty nonsensical I mean, they can still, absolutely I'm, yeah that is an area where I like I'm not super keen on this whole hi James I see you're looking at this thing uh, how can I help you and it's like oh great there's someone to talk to about this I did actually have a question and then it's like oh you're just a robot that's annoying. you can yeah that it's still you still yeah so you still get when you click onto websites you'll get that little pop up that goes hey can we help and you try and ask and it will just inevitably you choose your phone number or an email address or someone yeah. to contact but it is getting better and he was talking about bots that he'd made and you basically you just need to be very you just need to be a bit more thoughtful with the process because there are a lot of bot sort of apps and creation tools where it allows you to sort of create a little bit more of a funnel so you you sort of do your classic maybe not as obvious as a hey there because I think people immediately associate that with with a bot now yeah but you you create a message for your brand and through the Facebook Messenger advertising you know you, you you sort of introduce a topic and you just lead them through sort of yes or no answers really you sort of say you know if it's a fashion brand you know we see you know are you interested in our latest sale it's a simple yes or no and then you say sort of what kind of aspects of our sale you give them the options of women's kids menswear footwear whatever and you just funnel them through this and through the bot you immediately get a person's interests you get whether someone's willing to make a purchase you potentially get someone who's going to visit a website at which point you get your click-through rate if not you get someone who might like your page if that's what you're looking to grow your audience you get someone to say well like our page and if you don't want to follow through with a purchase today like our page we'll you know you can see more offers if you're interested in the brand and I think that's just such an intelligent way of of doing advertising but on a different a different sort of tone it's not just a, a post that's sort of in your face and you've got to hope someone interacts with it it's, it's as I was saying people really want to get that message even if it's an advert they get the message top right in the messenger who's that off and they'll click it anyway mm. and I think if you if you angle it the right way I, I honestly think that people will engage with a bot if it's interesting if it's he used a funny example someone created a Justin Bieber bot and it was really annoying and if you didn't give it attention it would just keep going hey I'm really lonely and it's like it's really funny because that at that point Bieber was always in the news being really needy and being really attention seeking and that was quite on point and people were interacting with it because it was quite funny but 
with a brand, if you if you have a sale on and you, you sort of angle your products and you let the customer choose what it would like to see, if you can try and get that customer to click in the first instance, engage, that customer will, will should do, communicate with the rest of the messages the bot will send. And if you get someone through to the website to make a purchase, that's obviously a really great end goal. Hmm. But even if it's just liking the page and getting another audience member in, that's potential. If it reaches thousands of people through an advert, that's... That's a huge spike in growth per month. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you know it's one of those things, isn't it? People will, if you get the information out, you will engage with it. You'll, you know, I don't mind. I'll talk to a robot if the robot's got yeah. the information I need. That's I'm pretty I mean. happy with it. Exactly. It's only, you know, if you go into a shop and someone comes up to you and says, "How can I help you?" and you go, "Yeah, I know more than you do. I can't possibly. You definitely will not be able to help me." That's a frustrating experience. You, yeah. you know, when you ask. Well, yeah, what do you know about this uh, subject? And they're like, uh, I don't know, I have to go in. No, that's my manager. I'll just go get my colleague, yeah. It, it's, it's like, that's frustrating. wasting my time. I, I'd rather, I'd sooner talk to a robot. Um, and, and people do it all the time. They do, they go, the biggest problem high street retailers have got is people go into their shops and either can't find what they want or they find what they want and get it for cheaper. But if those brands on the high street can now send advertising online and get people onto their online site, they might not be in store, but if they can at least get them online, then you avoid that conversation of someone who A, doesn't know what they're talking about, or B, they haven't got what you want in stock. There's always that problem when you're shopping for a specific product in your local city, town, and inevitably, oh, we've only got it in a store 50 miles away. But online, you just order it and go pick it up from your latest store. And if a bot can help you do that, brilliant to me. Mm. So that's great. Yeah. Okay, there's a huge amount of stuff there, and there's a huge amount still... Um, still to talk about really from the conference so I think what we're going to do is we're going to cut it there and we're going to call it a day and we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk a little bit more about virtual reality augmented reality and of course live streaming exactly. so until next time thanks Joe for your time this morning not a problem uh, thank you for watching thank you for listening um, tune in next time for more from the big social media conference until then see you later see you later